to the Habibis, three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I'm your host for today, Fauzi Mesmar. And I'm Osama Dorius. And we don't have a Rami this week either. What a surprise. It's the two of us yeah. again. Well, why is it always two these days? Like, we should change our intro to two Arab <laughs> developers drinking good Arab tea. It like, should be um, whoever is available Arab developers. <laughs> <laughs> We keep adding the Arab in front of developers instead of in front of the T. Did you notice? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all good. We have to own it now. But, it's not uh, a requirement to be a Habibi. You don't have to be Arab. No. You can be anything. <laughs> you can be every, anything. We keep slipping up. It's a mistake. And even our tea doesn't have to be Arabic tea. It's fine. Any tea will do. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Oh, but Osama, it's so good but, to catch up with you, man. It's been a while. It is. I've missed you so much. We haven't had yeah. a conversation in a while. I yeah, think you had an episode with Rami without me. I had one. Yeah, with you were Rami you were sick you, that so. time, and then I uh, heard a couple of episodes yes. when I was uh, on the road. Yes, exactly. Still am. That's happening more and more, huh? Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. How, yeah. How's that working out for you? Um, it's it's good. It's busy, and um, yeah, I'm trying to still like wrap my head around that. I'm, I'm kind of like you know trying yeah. to find out what works for me uh, or what doesn't, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's kind of nice like, to be able to be on the road and see people again. I like to try to get a bit of uh, my old life back, so to say. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm not the same me anymore. So like, yeah. if I've tried to get the old life back, but like, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm a different person. I, I value some things differently. So like there are some things that I appreciate about like life going back to normal. There are some things that I don't appreciate as much. So trying to find yeah, that balance like has best. been interesting. Likewise, like my current work situation, we have an office. It's a beautiful office. Like it's the first office I've worked in that actually has catered food for breakfast and lunch and all these things like nice. uh, lots of different. Yeah. And I've been there for since January and I've gone into the office exactly twice because I have my own home office and the commute is, you know, long and it's, you know, it's so much more convenient to just stay home and work. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't have the like the same role as I did before. So like a co- collaboration in person is easier. No one's going to argue otherwise. Right. Uh, is it worth it? That's a different story. But, you know, I to me, I don't have that much collaboration. Most of my meetings are with people who are remote anyway. It's with partners, you know, with, with clients, that kind of thing. So I'm not going to do those from the office anyway, most of the time. Uh, so if you had asked me at the beginning of the pandemic, can like do or were you ever want to work from home permanently i probably would have told you no i'm a people person i want to be with people that's that's who i am but things change in two years yeah yeah i i completely agree like especially like i could have some days in which like i have like a lot of meetings back to back with different people from all kinds of different offices and timelines so i am doing virtual meetings anyway so commuting, taking the train, doing whatever the time, 30 minutes or an hour a day back and forth to go mm-hmm. to an office, to just take a meeting room, to do all the meetings yeah. and come back just doesn't make sense to me anymore. It makes a lot more sense to just do it, do it, uh, do those kinds of days from home, you know? Absolutely. And there's like, you know, there's there are a lot of things. Yeah. Like there's other things that are like, you know, still like the divided between myself around that. So like, for example, during the pandemic, if I was going to do a talk at the university or something, since mm-hmm. uh, it was remote learning for everybody, I'll be 
after work or like, you know, on a Saturday or whatever, I just log in, do the talk, and then log out. That's like 30, 30 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. But now if I want to do it in person, even if it's still within Sweden, it means that I yeah. need to go there. If it's outside of the Stockholm city, or like if it's more than two hours by the train, for example, that means yeah. that it's an overnight stay. Yeah. So it's two days for an hour and a half or maybe two hours uh, worth for the class. Yeah. So for me, for me now, I'm becoming a lot more selective in terms of like, I, I'm not sure if I could be able to do that same amount of reaching out to people. Mm-hmm. And that's not, um, and that's the part that's kind of sad because it's, it's good to be able to reach out to a lot of people. I feel like I reached out to a lot of people in the pandemic that I wouldn't otherwise. But now the, the physical reality of time and travel and distance and all of that, they're kind of limiting um, how, much, how much in contact I can be or like, you know, how much I could give, yeah. so to say. Like how much of my time I can give is now being very strained. And that kind of makes me yeah, sad a bit. I- it goes it, it goes back to the before times when it used to be strained as well. I agree. I I, I mean, I, I teach as well. I, I have a four-hour class once a week, not counting corrections and preparations, just like in-class time. Yeah. Um, in the before times, that was six hours of my day. And like it was like an hour because the university was further than my workplace from my home. So it was an hour commute then four hours of teaching, then an hour commute back, after, all after work. I was dead tired and exhausted when, when it was done. Even though I love teaching and I, I don't want to stop, you can imagine six like having a full at least eight-hour shift and then adding six hours to it at the end of the day on a weekly basis. That's not easy. Yeah. Now I basically have two computers, one personal computer and my work computer, and I have a, a switch. I press a button and I'm at school. Yeah, <laughs> I go from work to school by pressing yeah. a button. Everything just switches over, and I'm ready. Like I could have maybe ten minutes downtime between work and and class. When before I had to arrange it so that I'm not late for class. I have to make sure everything's done like beforehand. And I, if I have ten minutes, I could go change into my like comfortable clothes or whatever it is that I needed to do to to like to be in the mindset of. I'm doing something different. That's important to me. Like I have a separation between my job. So like it resets a bit. So I don't carry over the same fatigue. That's I don't know cool. If, if other people have something similar, but it's part of my routine. And uh, it just, I get a reset. I'll get a little burst of energy. And when it's done, I'm already home. And that is the best part. Like commuting from work to school wasn't a big deal. Commuting from school after that long day to home, I was dead on my feet at that point. Yeah. And to be able to just like, walk upstairs and either go to bed or go on my couch, whatever I want to feel like that's invaluable. And it's making and teaching itself, teaching game, like non-digital game design. Cause I teach the one-on-one class. So they, they're, they're learning scripting and engines in parallel. Mm-hmm. So they don't, they can't make video games yet. Some of them can, they already had a portfolio, but some can't. So we teach them board, like the principles of game design through board game and card games. Doing that remotely is tricky. Yeah, that's very right? difficult. I teach you one on one too, so like there's a lot of exercises that involve board games that I just can't do during the yeah. the course of the class anymore, and they're more like assignments now. Yeah, we should exchange notes because I do it through Tabletop Simulator now, and it works relatively okay. There's a little, a few pains at the beginning, but it's relatively okay. No, oh, interesting. I, I, and I. 
Yeah, like I, we should exchange those. Some some exercises I cut out because they weren't as good, and others I adapted, and I came up with new ones because, like, that's you know, that's what you do, right? Yeah, <laughs> you adapt to your situation. But and speaking of that, adapting is now like I, there's travel in my future all over, like all over again. GDC was the first trip I did, uh, but all of a sudden, I, when I went to GDC, did something also in our at our home where my kids are like, "When are we going to go on a road trip?" Because we are a road trip family. Yeah. This is the thing that we're we always do. Oh, like that's we cool. A, yeah, we we visit big big cities and we love it. Like, and it's been two years where we just haven't. Yeah. And now they're asking about it actively. They really want it, and it's it, it's like I don't know how we're gonna make it work, but I guess we there there are going to be road trips in our future again. But like, <laughs> are these like every city is different? It's gonna take more research. Like, are things still open? Like. You know, like part of our regular tours is we visit every major museum in every city we go to. My kids love museums, right? Yeah. And but a lot of them closed during COVID. Like they just they don't have they're not active or that kind of thing. So I like every it's just going to be a lot more complex. Like, um, you know, the, all the restrictions are we are are you going to be able to eat out because you, you're not you don't you know, most of the time you don't have a kitchen or the means to cook when you go to these places, right? Yeah. So. Are we going to be able to eat out? Is there a curfew? Are we like all the research that's going to be on top of it? It just makes it when before it was to be like, ah, we'll figure it out. Now it's like, no, <laughs> you have to have it all planned out beforehand. I don't know if that's your experience or if it's just anxiety on my side because it's been so long. But like, I'm thinking a lot about it now. Oh yeah. Which, I, which places are friendly for travel? Which ones aren't? What can you do? That kind of thing. I think for us here in the EU, I haven't been outside of the EU in the, in the past couple of years, so I really don't know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, well, I went to the UK, so that I guess counts that I've been outside of the EU for a bit. Um, but mm. for the for the major- it barely counts, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's it's coming back to. Norm, normal like restaurants are open everywhere all modes of transportation mm-hmm. is open everywhere there's actually like a lot of pressure on airports right now because everybody's just up and going mm-hmm. and like the most airports are short staffed because they let go of a lot of the staff during the pandemic and now like you know the flight schedule is back to pre-covid uh oh, wow. schedule it's, it's almost exactly the same and like sometimes, like there's be lines at the security gates for 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 a while. So yeah, like now I'm guessing, like you know, it's uh, as you were saying, like trying to manage manage everything comes together, because there's mm-hmm. there's uh, work related travel because I work with teams all over Europe, and now I could visit them in person and we can actually meet and work together. So mm-hmm. that's gonna be an ongoing thing. And now there's the conferences and the schools that I work with are also all over Europe. And now they're expanding outside of the EU. So I also need to balance that. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then there's like, you know, personal travel, like, you know, going and seeing my family, uh, going and seeing friends I haven't seen in a long time or friends coming in for a visit and all of that stuff. My schedule is becoming a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> and I guess it's just became like that out of the blue. Like I'm booked all the way to August now. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm very close to that. I have trips in in May, a trip in June, and a trip in September. So it's not booked all the way through. Oh, and a pending one possibly in December. Yeah. So it's not booked all the way through. But it's like I've, I haven't had anything similar to this in two years. In two years, if you had asked me where you're going to go, I would have had nothing on my calendar yeah. for 
like in the future at all. Like nothing, I'm going to be in Montreal forever type thing, which is so out of the norm, right? Yeah. And now I have like four pending future travel, like planned trips. And that's not counting the road trips that I'm going to pepper around here and there to make up for lost time with my kids, right? Yeah, it's getting it's getting very interesting. And like, if it's if my schedule is like this and your schedule is like this, I can only imagine what Rami's schedule is like. Uh, <laughs> plus, now, now that he can also fly, so it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're never going to see Rami again, are we? No, <laughs> it's over. Uh, we haven't bumped okay. into each other at the same event yet this year, but we'll see. It's it's uh, about to happen in the next couple of weeks. I'm I'm sure. Me and Rami, we I had a 100 average so far. I went to one thing and I saw him there. So, <laughs> but it's like I'm looking forward to bumping into you, Fozzy. It's yeah. been too long. Yeah, same here. So we're gonna we're gonna make it work. But yeah, it's it's like you said, it's trying to adjust to this new normal. And I think I'm jumping in for the time being. And trying to figure out what works for me and what doesn't, because eventually I think I also need to make sure that I have the time for myself. Uh, yeah. and I identify what really works for me on that side. But yeah, you know, the only constant thing is change in this life. So it's beautifully put. It's absolutely true. Speaking, okay, so the only con- speaking on the only constant thing, uh, imagine there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's one constant game in your in your tweets. Yes. That, oh, wow. What a segue. I love it. We have to call it out. It's tradition. Yeah, tradition. I've, I've had Elden Ring on the brain and uh, I'm nearing the end. Okay. Uh, to be honest, I was hoping that I was going to finish the game before this episode uh, is recorded because mm. I wanted to say, and I'm done with Elden Ring, uh, but I'm struggling. I'm on the last boss. I am on the last boss. Is this one is, e- is one ever done with Elden Ring? <laughs> no, I don't know if I'm actually going to stop, but I do know that I want to, like, I'm really looking forward to saying I beat a Souls game because I've never done that. Before. Nice. This, is, this would be my first. And this is you, like, and, you know, last time we spoke, you were like, you were definite that you're going to uh, drop out. You're not going to finish yeah. it. I've quit five times. <laughs> I've legitimately... <laughs> Quit the game five times, or I'm like, I'm not playing this anymore. This is too frustrating. But the problem is, like, and it's, it's not a problem per se, but the, the, the reality, the situation is that world. I love the world building so much. It's so good. That it's really, it's so good. I have a hard time playing anything else. I have, like, when I say I have Elden Ring on the brain, I have Elden Ring on the brain. Like, okay. I, I think about starting another game right now. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not done with this one. And the, the last two games that gave me that feeling uh, were Breath of the Wild and Ghost of Tsushima, oh, where yeah. I, I loved the world so much, I didn't want to leave them. Mm-hmm. Both were games that I beat twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, to finish a game is a big deal. To finish a game and continue playing is a bigger deal. To yeah. beat a game twice, that is like a, a once every two year type thing. Like I don't do that often. So I'm not going to say it's impossible or it never happens. But it used to happen all the time. Like, I used to have the games that I used to play every year. I don't know if you have those. Like, I used to play Super Metroid, Castlevania, Symphony of the Night. I'd start a new save every year. Like, uh, sometimes <laughs> a Final Fantasy, like one of the old school ones. Those, yeah. those are, like, the my favorite games of all time. I would just, like, ah, I feel like playing this one again, right? Yeah. I, I, who has time for that when you be, become a professional game designer? Who has time <laughs> for it, right? You have to play so many new things that come out just to keep up to date. So, like, that went on the side. I stopped doing that. So the chances of me playing a game a second time are very low. 
And Eldering, I don't know if I will. Uh, or yeah. I don't know if I'm going to do it back to back. But right now I have, because like, I'm going to wait to see if that feeling comes back where I'm like, I, I'm not done with it yet. That's that's the motivation to play it again. Not any other reason. I'm not trying to check a box or anything. It's just that feeling of, I want to go back. Do you want to go back enough more than playing a new game that's coming out? And if I have that feeling, then I'll go back. Uh, there's a new game plus in this. So okay. that's a very, yeah, there's a very good uh, argument to go back. I think uh, like if, how far are you? I think if I was to replay the game, it would be because I want to start a new character. So I don't know if new game plus yeah. is for me. Well, I respect anyway uh, to be one. The arguably, I, I don't even think it's very arguable. But there's one character, one optional boss mm-hmm. that is considered the hardest boss in the game, mm-hmm. um, and I respect in order to be able to beat her. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone said that she's harder than the final boss. I actually had a even though yes, she's extremely hard. And I, at one point, I said, "I'm not going to even fight her." Like she beat me so badly, I'm like, <laughs> "I'm not even going to fight her." But I loved her design so much that I'm like, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll go try again. And I tried, and I tried, and I respect, and I beat her, and the satisfaction I got from beating this optional boss, you know, yeah. there's no reason to do it, was so good. But now, like, she's at, to me, she's actually easier than the final boss. I'm struggling more with the final boss. And I can tell you why. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a, a character where her mechanics are, like, when you're fighting her, it feels like you're playing a fighting game. Yeah, it feels like you're you're playing like um, Soul Calibur, for example. Ah, nice. Right? Yeah, it's all about blocks and parries, and she dodges that kind of thing. So I play fighting games, right? Yeah. So I could draw the one to one of this is what I do when uh, you know when I play this game. It just it's like I'm practicing against a better player. Yeah, a better player than you, who you just have to beat one time. Right, mm-hmm. so that's a very familiar feeling for me as, uh, playing fighting games in the arcades. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. The last boss of of Elden Ring, without going into too much spoilers, is not that. Okay. It is. It 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 feels very different than almost every other boss in the game, mm-hmm. and it's it's like a mental shift that I I I'm gonna have to get over. So because of that, it's diff- more difficult. You know what I mean? It's not as familiar. Yeah. Yeah. What's so your- I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna. I'm going to try. We'll see. What's your current level? Uh, 162, something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, pretty good. It's high. It's high. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did I tell you about my fire giant um, situation? I read it on Twitter, but I would love to to hear it in person. Yeah. Well, so that's a, probably the third time I quit playing the game. Or maybe the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> when, Wait, uh, I, I think I you spoke this... about it on the podcast as well. That was the time when you thought when you when you were saying that if Fauzi is listening, um, this game is. Oh hard. yes, <laughs> I did. Okay, so I won't retread water. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I won't go over again. Just like the the summer summer of that for the people who didn't watch it is that I was throwing myself against this boss and I realized that I like through people's like comments on Twitter that I was very under leveled for the boss and I was missing one crucial mechanic, which is the upgrading of the the helper. And even through that, I still was so stubborn that I just kept playing until I beat that boss under leveled. <laughs> at that point, at least I made up for the, the, the you know, leveling up the, the, the summon, uh, the helper. But like, yeah. that's when I realized that I beat all almost like, this is like a, a near end game boss. I beat almost every other boss before that, like, you know, with with a liability, with not not having an upgraded 
summons. They would, they would just die with one hit. Dude, that's so very game, impressive, honestly. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. But like I, after that, it was easy mode. Once I upgraded that, I, I zipped through. And you probably had bosses. so much of the items required to upgrade them. They just like leveled them up like five times in a row or something. I, I, I leveled up five of them, like four or five of them. Yeah. And I was just like picking which one I liked more because it's the first time that they actually had use and, and range and value other than just dying in one or two hits. Yeah. And I couldn't, like, the, I remember reading one guy that said, pick this one because this one is tanky. I'm yeah. like, that's what you consider tanky? It dies in two hits instead of one. Like, I was shocked. <laughs> I couldn't understand what, it was like bizarro world. Uh, but yeah, so like the, the game has a lot of things like that where yeah. where it just, you know, doesn't explain things to you. I think that. Uh, what level are you at? Where are you at right now? I, I Before I hit the road, I think I was like anywhere between 55 to 60 hours in the game. And I think okay. I was like level 95-ish. Yeah. I'm like a hundred and ten hours, I think, or hundred and twenty hours. Yeah, game, yeah, something. you've <laughs> you've surpassed me a long time ago. <laughs> I st- I still think a lot about the game and I want to play it, but um, you know, if if I'm traveling within the Nordics, I usually would continue to play on my PS5 through remote play. Yeah. So I basically continue to play the game at home from wherever I am. But um, uh, uh, the past couple of weeks, I've been in France and I haven't had good internet at all. So it's been <laughs> it's been very difficult for me to uh, to play the game. So I'm I'm, I'm eager to uh, I'm going back next week. Hopefully, so I'll be able to play some more. I can't wait. We should we should like play together. We've been saying it, but like we haven't. Been yeah, in, we should work it out know. because you could probably come and carry me in a bunch of boss battles at this point. <laughs> uh, I, I think so. I've been doing that actually for fun. Uh, yeah. You know, jumping in and helping people with like some boss ba- battles. They were very tough for me and like I didn't really feel a sense of joy when I beat them because I was just like, good, you're gone. You know, just yeah. like I was. You barely so was like, won. You know what? Maybe I'll the barely one and it didn't it feel, felt like i won out of luck because you know they didn't do that one attack that keeps killing me or something like that yeah. and i wanted to go back now that i wasn't severely under leveled and i did I, I just you know played with other people and i helped them beat those bosses and i i got the the a better experience out of it so i could leave it with a fond memory but it, there's it's so different than any other game i've played in in, <laughs> in all of like in so many different ways it's shocking it really does feel like bizarro world uh triple a you know what i mean yeah like uh, it's yeah it's hard to explain it to anyone who hasn't played it it's a very different experience breath of the wild was like that as well like uh it it just not to this degree but it just felt like they made a lot of decisions that other games don't make you know what i mean yeah all the other games are all the other open world games are heading in a direction that one went in a different direction this one feels like it went in a uh different even more different like you know even even more different direction than than uh breath of the wild it's so it's it's refreshing it's frustrating i love it i hate it it's amazing i feel things and i think that's what's important part is like i feel things it's massive and i think it's um, it is there's something about that game that kind of scares me as well because it almost sets the bar to what players would expect from an open world game in terms of like amount yeah. of content and stuff to be in it um yeah so that's going to really be smart, interesting like from to see. From a production see. point of view. Yeah. But from a production point of view, from what I understand, having not played many Souls games for long, 
is that there's a lot of clever reuse of like systems of content from other games oh yeah for and, sure yeah some i can tell like i actually i can ha- there are models in the game that i'm like that's lower poly count than, <laughs> than anything <laughs> else in this game like the bears i don't know the bears like it's like they jumped out at me right away they felt like they were uh, two generations behind right the yeah bears i don't know if, if if they existed in other games i'd never encountered them but that they felt like they didn't fit right Mm-hmm. but like overall you forgive it because there's just more content right yeah the, the there's works. so much and it works like they, don't, they stand out but they don't stand out that much still yeah. so yeah. It, it's still like within what yeah it's, it's, it's a it's a crazy high quality game for sure yeah have you played anything else yeah so i since i didn't get the chance to play elden ring though it's on my mind i i did play some games on my phone which I haven't done in a long time. I downloaded the I downloaded the Riot game called the Legend of Rune Terra. Yeah, I've played that. It's a the Riot card game. It, it, it's a, yeah. the League of Legends official card game, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I liked it. I, I didn't liked play it long, but I liked it. So yeah. like I've never so I've never really played League of Legends. I think I played two games or something like that because I played Dota. Yeah. Uh, so Dota 2 was my MOBA of choice. And every time I was like, maybe I should check out League and I want to start it. And then I think to myself, that means I need to spend at least yeah. 500 hours until I become, until not even I become average, until I understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So I can play the game. And then I think to myself, then I just play more Dota then instead of like switching to another MOBA and learning that. Because learning a MOBA yeah. just takes so much time. It does. It does. Until I quit MOBAs altogether because they are, they take so much of my life (laughs) in so many, in so many ways. (laughs) Yeah. That same thing happened to me recently. I used to play a lot of League of Legends. I probably have like 2,000, 3,000 hours. I don't know how many hours. Yeah. Something similar in Dota. Like it's in the thousands for sure. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, I stopped, you know, because I wanted to play other games at some point, like you said. Yeah. And then when the uh, League of Legends show came out, What's it called again? Arcane. The, uh, Arcane, yes. I was like, oh, my! I love these characters. I want to go play again. And I did. And I actually had a long streak. I played it for like two or three months, almost every day, like just one or two matches. And I loved it. And then my account got hacked. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. Like it got <laughs> it got taken over by someone. I was like, you know what? It's like, yeah, let's go back to playing other things. <laughs> so I have I, I still have to go through the process of recovering the account out of principle, but I just haven't didn't want to didn't feel like it. Yeah, fair um, enough. But I get that feeling. I get that feeling of you know your it's it's like it come consumes you right. It's one of those things that you really have to study it. You have to learn about all the characters. You have to practice it, or your your skills atrophy. Uh, there are a lot of th- reasons to to go back, so it's hard for me to play it casually. I'm, uh, you it's can't almost like I'm all in or I or I don't. Yeah, right? you you can't. Like you have, there's so much knowledge that you need to have in order for you. Like even if you put skill aside, like just the knowledge that yeah. you need to have to properly play a MOBA is just immense. Like you need to spend a lot of time studying <laughs> to yeah, exactly. to be able to really play. But yeah, like, um, it's funny that you mentioned the show. Like, I loved Arcane. I spoke about it here on the podcast. Really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And like recently, because I was in France, the, the show was actually made in France, in Paris, the, the oh, animation yeah. studio. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And like, you know, I came across um, 
a lot of people that uh, either were involved with the show or like uh, friends with people involved with the show. So like, you know, it, it was a topic of conversation a lot over the past couple of weeks. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, I I love the art style and I love the show. I like it. Uh, genuinely made me interested in the world of League of Legends that I know nothing about, and now I now know some characters because of that show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So about Runeterra, exactly. How, how did you like that it? got me to download the the card game, and I started uh, playing it. It's interesting. So like, I I love board. I love card games generally. So like, if you play Magic: The Gathering, or Hearthstone, or anything of the sort, this definitely feels like one of those games. It feels so much like Hearthstone. In fact, uh, I don't know yes. if you played a bit of Hearthstone yourself. I played a lot of Hearthstone. Yeah, and th- that's actually the reason I didn't stick to Runeterra because I was playing it. Uh, I played it off of a long stretch where I played Hearthstone, and I'm like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." But I kind of, it's so similar. I kind of just want to go back and play Hearthstone. I already have all the cards, I already like know all the strategies, and that's kind of why I, the only reason I abandoned it because otherwise I really liked it. Yeah, I thought it had a very interesting uh, solo player mode as well. That uh, that that's mm-hmm. one of the things that stood out for me. It allows you mm-hmm. to kind of uh, level up, experience a story, and to obtain cards. Yeah. Without the pressure of, you know, going directly against other players. Yeah. And I kind of appreciated that because, like, I'm not deep in the lore almost at all. Like I said, like, uh, now, like, my lore is basically arcane, the show, <laughs> and I haven't played yeah. the game much. Mm-hmm. And I like that uh, with, uh, with the solo campaign that they put together, uh, very cleverly designed. It also, like, slowly teaches you the mechanics as well. So, like, mm-hmm. you... you bit by bit get to know all the different types of cards and then like you get to advanced techniques and stuff like that so by the time you by the time i was ready like i think it was like three to four hours in i was like okay now i can play a multiplayer game i feel a bit confident about that and like i had a much better time than if i would have jumped in directly yeah that makes sense yeah so it, it was it was really good like i really like what they're doing so i really like what they're doing in terms of like how they're making like a convergence between a lot of like the league metaverse so to say and there's like you know there's the MOBA there's the show now there's the card game and now there's probably other games in development and they're like all of them kind of coming together so that if, if there's a thing that you like you you'll probably find something for you in that universe I kind of like that direction I agree 100% uh, this game came out I think in 2020 so it's not really new uh, it's just kind of slipped under my radar yeah but it's, you know about the uh, the RPG that's coming out too, right? There's an RPG that's coming out. I, I forgot that the, yeah. there's an RPG coming out. There's a, a fighting game I heard. I forgot about the Yeah, there's the a games. fighting game. So the fighting game, uh, they, I don't know, what was it called? They had a robot fight. The, the team had made a robot-themed fighting game. Something Thunder. Rising Thunder, I think it was called. Yeah. Um, and it was a robot-themed fighting game. Where uh, they the ability it was super simple in, inputs, but the abilities were on cooldown. Sounds familiar? Oh yeah. Pretty much a setup for League of Legends. Yeah. I still suspect that the whole point of them making that game was to pitch it to to uh, Riot so that they could make the League of Legends fighting game, because it really, other than the theme, mechanically it, it worked like the fusion of League of Legends with uh, a fighting game, uh, in a very clever way. I, like I, I I thought the game was good. Uh, but yeah, so there's a fighting game that's coming out, uh, but there's also an RPG. I think it's called um, Blade of the Ruined King or something like that. Something of the Ruined King. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, but um, it looks really cool. It's from the people who made um, the Battle Chasers RPG. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know that one. Yeah. So I'm a huge comic book fan. Battle Chasers uh, was made by one of my favorite comic book artists, Joe Matarera. Um, and the game was was pretty good. It was gorgeous. It was really, really beautiful. You could tell he was art director on it. Um, and I believe that team is making the uh, the next League of Legends RPG. So it's going to be gorgeous as well. Mm. It's probably going to be really good too. Yeah. yeah, going going off like the Wikipedia page, currently like they have League of Legends, uh, the game, you know, the MOBA. Mm-hmm. They have Team Fight yeah. Tactics, which is the auto battler, simpler to the Dota auto yeah. chess, I guess. I, I love yeah. those. Uh, what the, what was 2018 or yeah. 2019 when they came out? Those were yeah. fun. They have Wild Rift, which is basically the MOBA on iOS and Android. Yes. Yes. Uh, Legends of Rune Terror, which is the card game we're talking about. And then they have three projects. There's Valorant, uh, which is, I think, uh, different. It yeah, used it's not to be, the same world. Yeah, it was codenamed Project A. Now there's mm-hmm. two other projects that we know about. Project L, which is a fighting game based on League of mm-hmm. Legends. There's Project F, which is an action role-playing hack and slash, also based on yeah. League of Legends. And then there's mm-hmm. an unknown MMORPG, also based on League of Legends. What? Yeah. I didn't know about that. Well, I, I, I'm not sure if it's rumor or speculation. I'm reading that off the Wikipedia page. Apparently, Wikipedia. there's a there's a Polygon article and there's an IGN article. Uh, well, they have a website. March 2021 um, uh, is, I think, when those yeah. articles were about. And the the rumored uh, title is World of Rune Terra. Okay, so on the Riot Games website, mm-hmm. they are they have a big splash page that says we're making an MMO. Okay, so it is true. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> it is. A, it's not a rumor then. It's not a rumor. Yeah. They're making an MMO. It is announced. I missed it somehow. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I don't. I don't really play MMOs anymore for because yeah. I love them too much and I get absorbed into the world. So that's probably. I might have even heard of it and forgot about it. Yeah. But I forgot about it. But that's why I think it's super interesting what they're doing. So like. It's probably too yeah. much for me at this point to spend 500 hours into learning a MOBA. But yeah. I will probably jump into the fighting game, the hack and slash, or the MMO. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And most probably, I will gather so much information from playing these other games that if I ever mm-hmm. end up playing the MOBA, I will kind of know the characters and know what they're doing to yeah. like a high level. You thing. know. I didn't really get into the lore of League of Legends when I played League of Legends, even though I played it a lot. I know a lot of people like like read up about it, knew all the characters, their relationships with each other. Yeah. Me, if it wasn't in a soundbite in game, I didn't know it because it just I did. It wasn't why I was playing the game. Yeah. Uh, to the point that I didn't even realize they all come from different like cities and towns. And then in Legends of Runeterra, that was actually one of the mechanics, like the the, the yeah. factions, right? Uh, and that's the first time I'm like, oh, okay. So when that person mentioned this area, it's actually important. It's not just like background flavor. It's important to the character, it, the, to their motivations and, and, and what have you. They're, you know, So it's, it's going to be interesting to see who knows what from which games they play. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's probably very interesting to write uh, the stories for these games because <laughs> if you think about it, like the lore that's been written for these games are written on the characters that are based yeah. on uh, mod characters that are based yeah. on Warcraft 3 characters. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like th- there's there's a root in every one of those uh, one of those characters that link directly to a Warcraft three thing. Yes. You know, exactly. like even like I, I wouldn't say maybe everyone because they've surpassed. They've the they've added a that a lot, but yeah, but they're probably yeah. a lot of them. Like initially, yes, yeah. For for Dota two, for me, I can definitely see the lineage. You know, like yeah, uh, yeah. Th- there's some characters that are you know heroes or like very prominent Warcraft characters. Yeah, exactly. That exactly. that still have the resemblance in the character design. So like you know to try to create to create a lore around that without tying it to the original, I think is a very interesting creative endeavor that um, it is. A lot so of these companies Watchmen, ended up right? doing. What's that? Yeah. You know about Watchmen, right? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a that's an awesome example, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, maybe you tell the so. story for the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, when when um, Watchmen was being made, Alan Moore was given characters from the the the. Uh, uh, I think it was from an, another company that DC had just bought. They just like, bought. Here, here, yeah, they bought them and they're like, make a story with these characters, and he made a story that was like dark and like you know very very different than what DC had expected. So for whatever reasons they're like no you know what we want to include these characters in the dc universe you're doing something completely different so keep your story but don't keep these characters like come up with new ones but you could draw a line like they were each one is an xp like it's an exported version of that other character so blue beetle became uh night owl as an example the atom became mr manhattan um I i can't remember who the comedian was like each but each one had like a another character that they were based on and they're one-to-one personality wise worldview wise ability wise like instead of a big uh beetle robot and now it's a big owl <laughs> robot uh it's fascinating it's really, really but interesting the world that, that combines all of those characters and their relationships with these uh, with each other is what alan moore basically came up with to to bind exactly. all of these characters together which i find fascinating it's incredible. It really is. It's <laughs> masterful. You know? It's masterful. I agree. And yeah, it's yeah. There, there is a bit of that going on in the MOBA story section. But anyway, like, uh, yeah, so that's probably one of many Riot games I'll end up, uh, you know, sampling, I guess, before I decide if I want to go into it or not. I don't know if I'm going to be a regular player of uh, Legends of Rune Terra. Because, like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. checking it out. I liked it. I thought it was interesting, and there's a bunch of interesting things to it. But also, like, saw a lot of similarities between it and other uh, card games that I've played. So I've, I felt like I've had my I've had my my fill of these things mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if I'm going to come back to it or not, but, you know, high quality nonetheless. On the phone, it's yeah. gorgeous. It's also, yeah. like, four gigs. <laughs> it's taking so much space yeah. off my phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had the same experience. I also, I played it for, I don't remember how long, honestly, but if, like four or five hours feels about right. Like finishing the story thing and then doing some multiplayer and then calling it. Mm-hmm. So I think we had a very similar experience. Excellent game. If I had played it before Hearthstone, I probably would have played it and not Hearthstone. Yeah. Uh, now I don't play either of the, these things. I'm back <laughs> to playing Magic the Gathering. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And I'm really enjoying that. Whenever, you know, in between waves, I, I go do pre-releases. I play with friends and my my modest collection is growing again just from the cards I get from those things. Uh, and I'm liking it. It's like not it's not an overwhelming hobby like it was when I used to play it like 
a lot all the time. Yeah, uh, it's a thing I do once in a while now, and I think it's a, it's a healthier relationship, and I like it a lot more doing it that way. You I think I, mean? I stopped playing Magic in 2013, but I was playing an unhealthy amount of that as well. So I think it's probably yeah. why. And when I ended up moving, I had to like uh, sell a lot of my cards. I think at some point when I left New Zealand, I sold like 2,000 cards. I went to a shop and had to get uh, yeah. because like I'm not gonna carry you know Magic cards with me as I'm of traveling course. around the world. They're heavy. <laughs> they, you know, take a lot of space. Yeah. But it was an, uh, fun. Like, I still would like to, uh, you know, do a draft night every now and then. If we're ever in the same city, let's draft. Ah, that'll be fun. It'll that'll be fun. Be fun. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, well, it's uh, funny because, like, when I... Yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Man. Uh, okay. What I was going to say is that um, there was a situation in at uh, GDC where I was hosting a panel and it was supposed to be a narrative panel, and the people who were going to be on it were from different, uh, like narrative-heavy games. Mm. Two of the people caught COVID, so they oh, no. dropped out. And the third person was uh, Daniel Mullins, who made Inscription. Oh yeah. So our panel got turned into a fireside chat because <laughs> we're just two people. <laughs> and one of the the funnest thing about that conversation is at one point I asked him about the inspirations for Inscription, and. Uh, like it's weird i shouldn't be have been shocked it's bizarre that i was shocked but he was saying all the things that i should have expected like he loved slay the spire he loves yeah. magic the gathering yeah of course he was gonna say these things but like i just didn't i you know i was i didn't prepare myself for those answers so when he said it, i'm like i, I was like freaking out I'm like oh I lo- all these things that i love of course they came together in your inspiration to make another thing that i love right yeah uh, so we geeked out about Magic the Gathering a lot. <laughs> oh, that's pretty about, cool. Like, <laughs> what you know, what strategies, which commanders, which whatever, uh, and uh, we made a date that next time we're in the same city, we're going to bring our decks and play. Ah, oh, that's cool. Fun. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we should stream it. <laughs> oh, we should. <laughs> we should stream. Yeah. That should be fun. Yeah, he he sweeped. Oh my god, did he ever sweep in, in all the awards that he's been in? That game is a big deal. Description was a big that's deal. A good, I'm so happy. Like that that game yeah, is phenomenal. I, I, well deserved. I don't want to comment more on that game because I still don't want to spoil it for whoever wants to play it. But definitely, yes. that game is amazing. And it's worth everybody should check it out. Play it. Definitely play it. Um, <laughs> one more thing I want to mention before I we jump over maybe to emails or something. Uh, yeah. I watched a show. Uh, I've been watching a bunch of stuff on my Netflix on my phone. So I watched a bit of uh, Demon Slayer. Kimet, uh, Kimetsu yeah. no Yaiba. Yeah. So I love. I, I watched a bit of it too. You watched some of that. I think I watched like 10, 15 episodes of what I think there's only the one season on Netflix. I watched that. Yeah. So I, I watched I, like four or five. Four so or five. So I know that it's a thing. You know, like it's hard to. <laughs> everybody's raving about it like there's so many action figures and like fan art and like you can't go to an anime manga kind of thing without seeing so many cosplay or all of that so i know that it's it's huge so i just started uh, getting to watch it it's a it's a pretty interesting show uh there's another one season that's released uh in 2019 to 2020 i think yeah 2020 Mm -hmm. i think Mm-hmm. Uh, 26 episodes and there's a movie that I want to the, that I want to watch afterwards. So far, I've watched around 10 episodes of it, and it's it's an it's an interesting uh, anime. Take, it, yeah. It's kind of like 
that traditional anime in which like there's the growth of the character and like you become stronger yeah. over time learn the techniques and defeat uh, stronger foes but i like the theme around it i like this like this like uh, oni style of fantasy and the yeah. different types of, uh, of of demons basically that they have to defeat that's true and it's, it's a, i started it's still like a shonen a shonen style uh, yeah. manga like it follows the formula but it's a bit more adult because it's a bit more violent than uh, mm-hmm. than a standard shonen mm-hmm. yeah so far so that's- good that's actually why I started watching it is because my daughter wanted to watch it. Okay. And she's 12. So she's at that age where, you know, like don't have to watch her as closely for violent content yeah. as before. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like I was, I, I, I've seen the things online and I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm like, I, I let me see it with you. Right. Let me yeah. watch it with you. So it's a thing we're doing together. We're just watching it so far. Yeah. It's like uh, for a 12 year old, it's, it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. It's not a, is you know there there are threshold different parents are comfortable with different thresholds. I'm comfortable with my daughter watching something at this level. Yeah. Uh, but I, that I started watching it for that reason, and that was just a fun thing that we share. <laughs> sit down and watch another episode of Demon Slayer, which is pretty cool. And now you got it. Uh, you tease each other because somebody watches an episode without the other, and they have to catch <laughs> up. <laughs> I suspect that she's doing that and not telling me because <laughs> the first couple we watched, she was shocked and surprised by a few things. Now she's quiet. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's cute. I suspect that she's doing it, but it's fine. Let her do it. If she wants to watch it and talk to her friends about it. That's okay, right? <laughs> it's yeah. cool. I'm, now I'm... that that the gate, the it has my seal of approval. I mean, it's still definitely okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. I th- there's probably gonna be video games coming out for this thing at some point, so yeah. it'll be good for me to get yeah. to know the the lore before I dive into some of the video games. Yeah, because it got big fast. Like, yeah, it went from I never heard of this to everyone's talking about it to the point that I was like, is this like a classic old thing like that I missed, or was because it, it just like overwhelmed the internet at one point. It's one of those so. pandemic things that just blew up yeah. out of the blue. Yeah. Actually, like there is a yeah. game that's uh, announced in 2020. Uh, wow. So it's the Hinokami Chronicles is what it's called. Developed by CyberConnect2. They're the, 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 the yeah, people that do... Yeah, they're in Montreal. They're, they're in Montreal, are they? Well, I mean, they're... They're, they're Japanese Japan. companies. They used Japan. to do the dot hacks, a... the dot hack games and the Naruto games. Yes, but I mean they have an office. They have a, a studio in Japan, oh. in uh, Montreal. I didn't know that they have a studio saying. in Montreal. I know that they have a studio in yeah. in Tokyo. I went to their opening ceremony <laughs> when they opened in 2019, I think, mm-hmm. or 2018. Uh, so yeah, they, like it, it was a very interesting opening ceremony because generally we don't have opening ceremonies here <laughs> for for studios that open it's more like a launch party type thing or something like that so it was a little bit like it was it was interesting to see that culture seep in oh that's cool yeah no it actually the game came out uh turns out uh in october what? 2021 <laughs> that was fast yeah right i haven't i haven't played that yet so i will i'll add that to my uh to my to playlist now that i know <laughs> now that I know what I'm looking yeah. at, That's I like those cool. CyberConnect awesome. games. Like I enjoyed those Naruto games since I was like into the show and everything. Yeah, they kind of feel just enough fighting game for to to have my interest. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the, the mechanics the, feel kind of like that. Exactly. There's always something new that is worth checking out. They do the spectacle anime thing, but also they're not too yeah. deep that they will take. They will like you know take my 
uh, a lot of my time. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. that looks it looks like one of those games. So <laughs> I guess I'll finish the Joe and ma- the show and maybe I'll jump into that at some point. Speaking of jumping into something, do you want to jump oh. into emails? Oh wow, what a segue. <laughs> <laughs> A little forced, but it's fine. It works. A little jump. forced, but yeah, it's good. Yeah. I'll accept it. Awesome. Thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> so uh, we have an email by, by our frequent listener and uh, Jose. So we, Jose has sent us a lot of emails in the past. We're very grateful for them and very happy. They're always thoughtful. Um, Jose goes on to say, you all have touched on your feelings about the world starting to go back to normal, whether or not it should and how your schedules are suddenly getting more and more intense. I was wondering, what are your thoughts on the latter? Have your perspectives on travel, work, or career changed since the before times? Also, how does it feel when you think about the podcast, having started in part due to the pandemic and carrying it forward into a busier world? Both very good questions. Well, it sounds like Jose uh, has been listening to us at the beginning of this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because that's something we mentioned very, very early on. So great. <laughs> yeah, um, you can go first, Osama. Sure. Um, okay, so for the first question, let's go back to it a bit. Our career chain. Have so the first one is: I was wondering, what are your thoughts on the latter, on how your schedules are suddenly getting more and more intense? So, um, yeah, it's uh, we kind of talked about it at yeah. the beginning of the podcast, so we're, we're retreading water a little bit. But life is getting different. We're getting, like busy. We're getting. We're adapting. Uh, I feel this is going to be cyclical because um, just seeing patterns, there are waves. It's going to get busy, and then things are going to kind of shut down a bit. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But I feel like everyone kind of is uh, preparing for that. They're like not sure if this is temporary, if this is permanent, how long it's going to last, if there's a new variant that's going to come out, what they're going to do about it. So I think a lot of people have. Um, you know, they're testing the water, uh, like the proverbial water with their foot before jumping in type thing. And I think that's natural and normal way to do things. You don't want to go all in and uh, and then regret it later. Like, um, buy, like you don't want to sell your house that you bought far away from work and move in to an apartment close to work uh, yet. If, as an example, not as actually what every, everyone did, but many people did something like that. You know what I mean? They're like, we need more space now. Um, so no one's making the drastic moves as, as far as I see. Everyone's making little um, calculated small moves, and I'm no different. Um, I have my office. I'm able to work from from home, uh, and I'm not planning to make any big changes. Even like I mentioned in the, early on the podcast, we want to do road trips again. Uh, we don't have any on the, on the timeline. We're just discussing, talking, like looking at it, uh, different options and doing a little bit of uh, research on that topic. And I think you can't expect more from anyone else. Everyone has a little, is, is hesitant in one way or another to just assume that everything is is okay again. Because it's not. Like, we're, we're living in a different reality between both realities, right? It's yeah. not the one extreme of before, and it's not the extreme of when we were in total lockdown. It's something in between that's in flux. So we have to ad- adjust to that, to that, uh, you know, be, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? be uh flexible uh, agile flexible exactly both good words and there were (laughs) a dozen others that would have worked (laughs) what about you Fozzie? yeah it makes a lot of sense man i think i agree with you like i think 
I think it's important for us to recognize, like, this is how I like to tackle it for myself personally. Like, I identify that we are in a time of change and that uh, it's kind of intrinsic to us that we try to resist change at first, yeah. though change is inevitable. But, like, you know, change is uncomfortable because it brings in the unknown. So that's why the defensively we intrinsically uh, try to resist it. So I try to kind of like catch myself whenever I feel the those like uh, urges to resist and then try to kind of coach myself into accepting it and embracing. So like identifying that there is a change that's happening. I don't know where it's going and I kind of need to try it out. And like, you know, like you do with everything, including game development, you try out a bunch of stuff. Then you have a look back and you identify was did that work for me was that did that go in the right direction were there things that i did that i want to change are there things that did not uh, do well for me and all of this and then i make the necessary adjustments and then i try again so for the time being i'm trying like not to make any big choices but just really embrace the change as it's happening mm-hmm. and then at some point i want to look back and as i mentioned in the beginning of the podcast and look back and think did I make the right choices? Did I have enough time for myself? Um, is uh, Am I comfortable with this? Am I getting out of this uh, the same way that I want? Um, am I doing the things that I want to do? Do I have the impact I want to have and so forth? And then, mm-hmm. you know, readjust. So I'm currently just going with the flow for the time being. And then at mm-hmm. some point, I will look back and reevaluate. Yeah. It's great. I think that's all we can do. Um, anything else is you're setting up, potentially setting yourself up for disappointment. Uh, change is inevitable. You figured. Exactly. Uh, so question two, just to re-ask it again, how do you feel, uh, how does it feel when you think about the podcast having started in part due to the pandemic and carrying it forward with, into a busier world? Uh, we were just discussing this right before the this episode yeah. where I don't remember the last time we were three. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, and we have a lot that we couldn't even get to, and we had to record them super late, including this one. (laughs) This one was supposed to air two days ago. Hopefully it'll air today. Super, super late. Uh, This is just a byproduct of having three people who are extremely busy with different schedules in different time zones. Like, that's just inevitable, right? Yeah. Yeah. and one thing that I was discussing with, with both Fozzie and Rami that we're open to, and just we don't have time to set it up right now, but hopefully we'll find the time, is potentially to expand the roster of Habibis so that we have more people who are able to jump in. Um, I, I seriously think that's the way to go because otherwise it, the inconsistency doesn't seem like it. There's no other solution. We are getting busier. That is just inevitable, right? Yeah. I don't know, Fozzie, if you have a different take. I, I'm just like, you know, this one of the server linings. I'm happy that like one of the things that happened out of the pandemic, I'm happy that we managed to do this thing because I didn't think we would have did it at all if it wasn't yeah. for the circumstances surrounding us. And I think that exactly. <laughs> like knowing our schedules now, this is what it used to be before the pandemic. We wouldn't have even suggested this thing to exist. <laughs> um, 100%. Just by knowing about are how you, difficult it would be. <laughs> <laughs> to get everybody exactly. in at the same time. But now that like we started this journey and like I think it's been fulfilling for a lot of us in on different ways. Mm-hmm. It's about now also looking back at what worked and what didn't and how we can mm-hmm. adjust to suit the current change that we are facing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. 
That makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. That's, I guess that's it for emails for this week. Well, that, I guess that's it for the podcast as well. Uh, let's put a doily yeah. on it and uh, <laughs> send this one home. That's that's never not funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming a thing. Absolutely. It's like it's like calling out uh, segways and putting doily on yeah. things when you want to end. Them. <laughs> <laughs> it's our thing. I love I love that we have our thing, Fozzy. That we share a thing. It's beautiful. It's been, it's been a couple of years, so like uh, that's the least we would want out of it, you know. Exactly. Anyway, thank thank you everybody for listening. Um, Join us next week. We'll have some Habibis online talking about stuff and shipping it into a podcast. But for the time being, uh, Salam. Salam. That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I am Fawzi Masmar, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Fawzi Masmar. My fellow Habibis were Osama Dorias, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Dorias, and Rami Ismail, who you can find on Twitter at THA underscore Rami. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubela, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea, with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening. Salam.